both of us survived to the end of the year we've made it through 2020 have we survived no i mean are we is is this a survival what's going on here i mean yeah it's yeah that's we're both wearing black (laughs) literally all we've done is survive lived no but we're shells of our former selves still here still i mean arguably we're both just turning into voldemort uh of our own accord. Have several bathroom appliances have become my own horcruxes. I've just <laughs> put, put pieces of my soul I through turns. I love that I now know what a horcrux is. Me too, because it's such a fun little thing. And that's what we're getting into this episode. I just, yeah, because I've wanted to be like, boo, you horcrux for a long time. And it had no context. And now it kind of does. You, now I know what you're talking about. Wait, I have a quick question. And now, question. well, if, if you're listening no, to this... I'll ask the Horcrux question later. I was going to yeah, ask the Horcrux question. If anyone okay. is listening to this in lieu of watching the movies or reading the books, we will explain what a Horcrux is later. But you really... If anyone is doing that, you really shouldn't. You should read the books. Yeah, and, read the or books. Or watch... Don't, don't use us as a... Ti- Imagine if this is someone's only source of the Harry Potter franchise. They yeah. just think there's cum everywhere. Oh. Like, what is, what is that? They watch the movie and they're like, wait, this isn't a porn? That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> uh, well, before we we dig further into our chapters, it's the end of the year. This is our last episode. Before... This is our last running of our mouths. Yeah. Uh, for 2020, before our year comes to a close. And I don't know. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about I, I don't know if we want to go too deep into the year, but, you know, year end, reflecting back. Do you remember? Let's start. Let's start with January and February. Oh, how much hope I had for the year ahead. Oh, I was I was feeling good. I was like, you know what? This year is going to be good. This year is going to be great. Yeah, I was first weekend of the of the year headlining a club, which I think was my first time headlining, having having a weekend the very first weekend where I was headlining. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've a headline before, but like that weekend has either been I'm featuring or I just am not booked at mm-hmm. a club that week. Uh, maybe a week or two later, got a phone call from Nicole going, oh my God. Oh my God. And I was like, I know Pier One is having a sale. It's crazy. Because <laughs> I texted her. I passed a Pier One Imports and I was like, Pier One Imports is going out of business. And she called me and she's like, oh my God. I was like, I know. Isn't it crazy? And she's like, no, Joe Rogan posted your tweet on his Instagram. Uh, and that was a week before I was leaving to tour Europe. I was like, this is it. This, this is, is going to be the this best is- year of mm-hmm. my career. Nothing kicks off a year like a Joe Rogan wreck. Yeah. Like, uh, and like, if, if, if any of you, by the way, have come to this podcast or are following me because he posts that tweet and you're still here, God, God bless, bless you. Because they dropped like flies. I, I got a lot of follows and they slipped off quickly when they were they like. They are not loyal followers. <laughs> no. They are not. They're like, they are don't... loyal to Joe Rogan and that's and it. Good for him. And I, I was honored to be. Uh, have his light shown upon me briefly. <laughs> and for those of you guys who don't know who Joe Rogan is, head over and give that guy a follow. He needs it. He needs it. I love him, and I'm sad Great. that he's in Austin, and I hope all his talk of opening a club becomes reality, and I hope yeah. that I he hope hasn't we, forgotten. We moved to Austin. <laughs> he hasn't forgotten me by then. Um, yeah. I mean, how are you feeling? January 2020. Go back. What's going on for Nicole? I feel like January 2020, I was a... Uh, uh, I was about to do, I found out I was doing Lights Out with David Spade. Huge. And I was like, this is huge. This is you great. This is fantastic. get featured on a Comedy Central panel show. That's big. Yeah. Um, and I do well, and it was good. And, you know, the the booker for that show was like, all right, totally going to have you back. Everybody loved you. You did a great job. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, this is great. And then I booked uh, this week at the Comedy Cellar, this week at the Cellar, another uh, Comedy Central show. I got, was, a date. I got a date for that. Yeah, you were. And here's what people on the outside, I think, don't understand, if I may. And if you decide you want me to cut this. 
No, no, no. For your own sanctity and career. Please do. Comedy Central gets has a rotation of comedians. And they like to, once they they like someone, they see them, they start putting them in different things. And Comedy Central does not cover every comedian that's coming up in the world. There's plenty of amazing comedians I know that you will have never seen on Comedy Central. Uh, But once you're on their radar, they, that's like, yeah, no, that's a very good thing. Is that they start to like plug you into little things and they'll use you more and more. You have more of a voice over there from my understanding from, you know, a lot of my friends who work over there. And also from what you see, like if you look at, you know, the social media for Comedy Central, you'll notice a trend. Yeah. You'll see some repeat offenders, you know. Yeah. And so this was great for you. That's a great place to be getting in with. It was, I mean, that's two Comedy Central shows. I had to join SAG, which was great. I've lived in LA for an extremely long time, and I joined SAG this year. They took all my money. That's um, fucking hell. By the way, if anyone doesn't know, that is the actors' union. That is a big deal for an actor to yeah. hit the point that, like, oh, you're booking enough work, you've booked enough small parts, so you have to join this union. But as you said, they it's a, it's a lot of money to join the union, and I still haven't finished paying off my dues for SAG. I still owe them one thousand dollars, which. They told me I have to pay by January 4th or they'll kick me out of the union. Did you tell so, them to eat your ass? Didn't yes, they stop giving people health ass. insurance? I would it's, mail them a hot turd. I, I'm not SAG, by the way. If anyone's wondering, I probably never will be because of that exact attitude. I <laughs> have to call them uh, um, tomorrow and fight with them again. Uh, so, yeah. So those were like two big things. And then I had a weekend with Attell in February. And God only knows he's the greatest man alive. Um, so and then great. I did, um, uh, I had a, oh, in January I had a week at the comedy cellar in Vegas. And then I had another week at the comedy cellar in March, right before quarantine, right before COVID hit the fan. They were working um, you a lot. That's great. Yeah. They were working, they were working me a lot. So I was like, oh, this is great. Like that year I made all of my money doing not all of my money, but I was able to completely support myself doing stand up comedy that year. That's what it. do you mean? The year before? 2019 well, so you I were was, like it's done I'm not ne- I'm never going back I'm never going back I was like oh this is the beginning of it I'm never gonna have to have another side hustle I'm never gonna none of that yeah and then let me tell you as someone who's been making all their money from doing stand-up for the last four years it hurts <laughs> oh oh, oh. 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 that oh. when the comedy store closed down I was like I, I, ha- I have no purpose. Yeah, I, and that I think was the hardest thing. More than anything, more than losing the income, it the was identity. losing the purpose and the identity. And by the way, we both watched Soul last night. If you haven't watched that movie, my God, you guys, go fucking watch it. Don't. If wait, no. If you just lost someone, do not use. Oh, take yeah, yeah, your yeah. time and you grieve before you watch that movie. But yes. when they, I think I know what you're gonna say. But the, the part about the identity, your job is not who you are. Oh. Your, your job is not your spark. That's what hit me real hard, in addition to the whole death thing. That's so funny because I see what you're saying, that, like, the spark mm-hmm. doesn't come from the thing you do. But mm-hmm. also the part where they're in the zone. Oh, in the zone. Like, these people are in the zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When that came on, I uh-huh. like, that was the uh-huh. first time I cried in that movie. Yeah, oh. I was, when I saw the zone, I was in shock because I, I was, was like, that's it. That's the, that's the thing on stage mm-hmm. when you're like fully connected and it feels uh-huh. like you're doing like an emotional symphony with the audience and you're not uh-huh. like thinking about your material. You're not thinking about your, oh, what is the act out? You're just it's like just organically, happening. you're like, you're on autopilot. Present, uh-huh. Fully present. It's, that is a magical, magical fucking moment. And when they physicalized what being in the zone looked like I was like yes and then I was like I may never be in the zone again and I thought the same exact thing and it fucked me up not only did the lack of zone fuck me up but the whole idea that your spark is not what you do I was like oh fuck for the what was his spark I still don't understand then um 
I'm still confused by this movie. I think I was too caught up in crying about death. His I, spark. I miss some. I mean, I remember the leaf. There, a leaf falls down. And he's like, it's not about the music. It's about living every moment. I mean, I remember having the thought of, oh my god, the. It's not a new thought, but like, being the meaning of life is living. Yeah, I think the. I think there was a message for me of being of service. Well, okay. We've obviously lamented on all the shitty things. Is there anything this year that you can find a silver lining for or gratitude? That's a tough one. I mean, this year's been pretty brutal. Um, Silver lining, I got to live with you. That was fun. That was Um, good. Thank God. All of my other uh, things fell apart and your previous we were able to got got in with a guy very quickly got dicked up and dicked out um <laughs> but you but you moved in and we were able to like really fucking work on this podcast and make it something amazing and dear god if i didn't have you this podcast harry potter i yeah, it this gave has been me my something. Spotlight. Yeah, it has given me something to look forward to. It has given me a sense of purpose. It has given me something to use to escape the reality of the. I love it, and world in a time in a time where, you know, because if we weren't living together, we still would not have seen each other in person. And like, no. Even though it's not in person, I also love that we. You know, having had the, we have this community of our patrons, patreon.com slash two filthy nerds, not to be that person. (laughs) But if you want to be part of the live, live, live stream and chat along with us, it's been, no, it really has been like a light in the dark that it's like, oh, something, first of all, mama loves to measure her self worth on productivity. And a lot of people will tell you that's not healthy. And they're right. But (laughs) having things to do, let me be clear. I'm, I am cripplingly aware that my mental health is in the toilet, but, but it is far better than it would be because I have had this podcast to look yes. forward to and had like the escapism and the excitement of one of my favorite stories, just like the laughs we can have. Yeah, no, I've been, I didn't, by the way, we did not intend for this running our filthy mouths to turn into like a corny now let's talk about how grateful we are for our listeners. <laughs> I mean, it really is amazing. We've gotten to know people on this level that would we have otherwise? Fuck, I don't know. No, and it's like, you know, we the thing is, is like, are there other things we wish we could have done this year? A thousand million percent. Yes. Are there things we wish would have gone differently? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So different. Where do we start? <laughs> yeah. We don't have time. Literally our producer is flagging us down to wrap the fuck up. But like, but before we wrap up, I want to know, is there any other silver lining for you? For me? Let's see. Silver lining. You know? Sure. If, 20, if the, a global pandemic hadn't happened, I would be thinner. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, maybe I wouldn't wash my hands as well. So that's the silver lining. You know what it is? This is dark, but uh, as many of you know, uh, both of our dads passed away. And as some of you might know, I was not uh, close with my dad for the last several years. He, you know, left and came back and left. And I haven't talked to him since 2009. Blah, blah, blah. you know, that's for another, that's my other podcast. If you want, I'll do a whole episode about it. But like, uh, he, you know, I got the call that he was not doing well from my cousin Tess. And I think in any other year, I wouldn't have been sitting at home with nowhere to be. Uh, and, ooh, this is about to get sad. Ooh, no, I'm not going to cry. Cry, I'm going to cry. I, ooh, oh, this is hard. I am a workaholic to a fault. Oh, no. 
I think uh, that, Jesus Christ. Oh, I cannot wait to read the comments of the comedy store people being like, look at this fucking sad bitch. Um, that combined with um, all of the anger I had about how things were with my dad. I don't think I would have gone to see him in any other scenario. And having done that, uh, having like lived through that experience, uh, I'm so glad that I did. I know after after being there and like getting a little bit of closure with him and being by his side when he, you know, left to the great beyond. <laughs> uh, I, w I wouldn't have wanted to miss that. So, um, as sad as it is, the whole, you know, obviously, the whole history, losing a parent is terrible. Um, but in a, in a year where a lot of people lost people and they weren't able to, you know, I mean, like, you look at COVID and there, there were hospitals where people weren't allowed to go see their loved ones and their loved ones that had to, you know, die alone. Uh, it worked out in a way that I'm glad I got, I'm glad I got to be there. I'm glad I made it in time to get closure and, um, I'll be grateful when I can think of my dad and not immediately burst into tears. But anyway, check out Ignorance is Blessed for the full I'm unrolling toilet paper for anyone who's only listening to the audio. It got really ugly over here. But yeah, uh, that would be my only other silver lining. My mom moved back to the States. That's fun. Her place is great. It's out in the middle of nowhere. That's a fun getaway, except for, you know, I, then I have to put up with my mom. But the sky is beautiful out there. Plus, I commented on how great it was, and she said I could have it when she dies. So, come on, COVID. I'm kidding. Ah. Anyway, before we wrap up and go to break, by what the way, are I you... just want you to know that was. I'm I'm honored that well, you you thanks Sharon, my therapist, who took all of the Christmas season off, which feels like a bold move for a therapist, but. <laughs> She's like, the, the time people when, probably need me the most, I need to be there for myself. Yeah. This is a, <laughs> and I think we can all learn something from Sharon, and it's okay to shut down <laughs> and tell people you just don't fucking have room right now. You have to mourn your own losses. Yeah. I mean, this time of year is good for no one. No, it's just, it's a lot. But okay, before we go to break, I don't want to rush, I don't want to rush this, but we're rushing it. What are you looking forward to in 2021 or, or looking forward to leaving behind? What, do you, what, what is the energy you hope to bring in for this new, even though that's all, it's fucking, it's a date, who cares, it's just another day, but whatever. I live life to the fullest. Live <laughs> life to the fullest. While staying home and covering your face. As, as much as you can, um, you know, find new creative outlets apparently find a new source of income um find joy in everything you do yeah just kind of let like, love in you know yeah also yeah and give it away let love let love in and then give it away yeah and uh i think we're all having to find some new income sources until stand-ups back to normal and here's how i'm feeling about that is just try to enjoy the process of whatever yeah. that means like yeah did I set what about you? to be a full-time copywriter? Absolutely not. Did you get the job? No. Oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> what What are you looking <laughs> forward to? I haven't had my interview, to be fair, but my second interview. Um, You know, I'm looking forward to, yeah, letting love in, leaning into the things that bring me joy, and also uh, not being – I'm going to do more exploration of the non-comedy things that uh, that Agreed. piqued my Ditto. interest. I I took a full course in cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm learning about neurolinguistic programming and I'm like, you know what? Maybe 
Maybe there's something there. I don't know. Maybe there yeah. is. Am I going to go to school and get a degree? No. I'm poor and far too frazzled. But I don't know. Am I going to become a professional painter? Absolutely. I wish I had your confidence. All right. <laughs> to, to more confidence. I, wish, I hope we all have Nicole's confidence in her painting that we, the, in the things that we do. By the way, when you get home and you see all the paintings, you're going to be like, why do you have the confidence that you have? It's fucking I've seen insane. your Instagram stories. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're taking a break. Nicole's going to punch me in this one. We'll be right back. Bye. All right, we're back. Chapter 22, After the Burial. When we last left off, we saw Tonks allegedly looking for Dumbledore up by the seventh floor. Moaning Myrtle had been like, there's a boy crying in the bathroom. Anyway, we're back. We're back. And someone delivers a letter to Harry. He's thinking it's uh, it's a Dumbledore uh, meeting time. But he's like, he's not back yet. It makes no sense. Alas, it's not. It is a letter from our dear friend Hagrid. I love how they're like, it's a tear-stained letter. I'm like, how emo is Hagrid that he's like writing a letter? Do you think he intentionally cried on it and just like shook his tears off on it? He was like, this will give the effect. No, you psychopath. Is, what I mean, is wrong with you? I don't know. No, don't he was know. a real man feeling feelings. Oh, my lunatic. God. Gonna, if you ever send me something tear-stained, I'm going to be like that conniving <laughs> that manipulative bitch. sociopath no. i think hagrid was trying to write it he started bawling hagrid's a sensitive guy we've seen him cry before yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's a little he's easy mo he's, he's emo. a big old bitch um and he's he cried on the letter by the way i i can't i hope they show this in the movie oh, just God. hagrid weeping on a letter <laughs> aragog aragog uh, Aragog died, you guys. Big upset for literally only Hagrid. Aragog is dead. And, and Hagrid's like, you guys, can you come help me bury my friend? And it's like, no, you psycho. None of us care about your dumb spider. Yeah, also that like, he knows everything that's going on, but he's so overcome with grief that he can't think about the fact that like, that is against the rules. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah, he's like, put on your put on your cloak. Come on down. Yeah, and like he's like, you've got the invisibility cloak, and it's like, sorry, aren't you a teacher? Ugh, it's these are moments where I'm like, eh, Hagrid kind of sucks sometimes. I mean, I think really it's a reflection of what grief does to us. You know, truly, truly. Hagrid, who would never want to upset Dumbledore, who loves his position in the school, is now asking three students who are. Arguably the most in danger. Harry, you know, because he's Harry. The, the other two, because they are close to Harry, they could become props in a whatever, in a attempt to, you know, get Harry over to the dark side. I don't fucking know. But like, he's so distraught about his spider that he's just like in so much pain that he sends a Please. literal. He sends a literal cry for help. Yes. <laughs> just special delivery. My tears. Um, How big do you think his tears are? Oh, they would wipe me out. Like loads. Like just hot. Lo- back to the hot loads. Hot loads. Just, just a warm. It would be like a full shower. A I full feel shower. Like he could cry into a hot tub and it would be filled. Just mm-hmm. like one Ooh. little tear. Like bling. Uh, a tear koozie. Uh, the saddest jacuzzi ever. You know, all jacuzzis are sad if you're crying in them. Yeah. Or uh, if you, I don't know. Uh, I love a good cry in a jacuzzi. That is like the most elitist thing somebody could possibly say. <laughs> My favorite place to cry in the jacuzzi. It just surrounds me with the warmth when I'm feeling so alone. And then you just look at their jacuzzi and it's filled with snot. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> but it's like how cool. often, if you can say your favorite place to cry in a jacuzzi is either you cry a lot or yeah. you have too many jacuzzis in your life. I mean, it's probably both. Yeah, it's probably How many both. jacuzzis oh. is too, too many jacuzzis? Nothing more One? annoying than rich people <laughs> who cry a lot. Oh, God, rich people problems. Oof. 
Woof. Which we'll talk Woof. about very soon because we have very we, soon. we will encounter a rich person crying very quickly in this episode. Very, uh, very quickly. Um, so Ron and Hermione, everyone's kind of on the fence. Like, I don't think this is a good idea. Ron and Hermione have not taken their apparition. Uh, uh, they're taking their apparition test. Uh, Harry's not because he's not seventeen. So he's. SOL. Obviously, Ron's like super nervous about it because he's been fucking up left and right. But this is a potential opportunity for Harry because uh, Slughorn, they have potions class when everyone's taking the apparition test and only three of them are there. So it's kind of just like more time for, you know, one on one. To get in there, to try and figure out what that, what that, uh, rest of that memory is. Yeah. And this was cool. They get like, uh, since there's only three of them, Slughorn's like, Let's have fun, which I, I thought this was fun. He's like, just just make a fun potion. Make me a- I, rem- so I remember in, in uh, no, no, keep going, keep going. No, go. You remember. Memories. I, there, there was, it was like this in high school on SATs. Like when some people, in a, you were in a class and some people were taking SATs and some people weren't. And the teacher was like, let's get crazy today because half of the class isn't here. Whoa, I thought I took SATs on the weekend. Yeah. I think I did. Damn. We didn't get no breaks. I mean, we we're much our classes were much dumber in general i'm sure than the school you went to but yeah this felt like substitute movie day but like times 10 and i yeah. like the idea that harry had of like he finds a potion that makes you feel euphoric so he's like oh okay i'll just give slughorn molly <laughs> and then he'll be so excited to tell me the memory like that's what he's doing like you are trying to drug your teacher and it's really nice to have a change of pace of a student drugging a teacher instead of a teacher drug. Are teachers drugging students or are they just... They're just coercing them with their beautiful bodies. No, they just <sighs> use their power and influence. Imagine thinking that your like, history teacher has power and influence. You're like, oh, yeah, Mr. Smith. <laughs> Who was your history teacher? Uh, Mr. Corwin, that was my no. history teacher. Mine was Miss Benson. She Ms. was nice, Benson. but... She made us do a lot of reenactments, and I was like, okay, I think we understand the Constitution enough. Like, if we had done a few less forefather reenactments and maybe a little more, like, black history, I would have come out a more well-rounded person. I mean, you were in high school in Alaska. Black history isn't, like, a big-ticket lesson up there. No, they're like, well, we didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. We they're weren't like, even we a state the, we when there were no involvement. Okay. We, we were up we here were oppressing up here the natives. Of Inuits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for two cents an acre. Uh, that's what Alaska uh, was purchased for in case anyone doesn't know. Two cents an acre from the Russians. Oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. It's so funny that it doesn't impress me because it's such a repeated fact up there and it's like, yeah, who cares? Uh, but no, it's what a steal. Speaking who of steals, who did they buy it from? Like, who got the check? Russia, to Russia. I don't know. To, I th- Russia, to Russia with it. love. But also, did Russia own it, or was Russia like, "Oh, hey, we own that, so you got to pay us"? If you want, they're own like, it. "We can see it from here." <laughs> so I don't understand. You know what? The logistics of Alaska. I'll never totally understand it. It's gigantic. Why did Canada get it? Why did Canada want it? Well, if you've been to Alaska and met Alaskans, uh, you would know. Okay. They're like, you know what? We're good. We could stop at the Yukon. We've had enough. Because uh, we're an interesting breed. You are an interesting breed. Speaking I don't of- think you're representative of usual Alaskans. I got to be honest. I love you seem a little unhinged. Anyhow, I'm the um, most hinged person to ever come out of Alaska. Oh, okay. Uh- <laughs> um, so Harry goes back to the common room and he discovers Hermione, of course, passed her apparition test. And Ron did not because he left an eyebrow behind. Yeah, he almost got away with it. Fucking, that sucks. That's like you almost passed your driver's test and then you pull in and you like hit the little curb thing or something. And they're like, nope. Negatory. By the way, I love that that's how how serious the apparition test is, is you've got to get it 100% or you don't pass, period. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, in case we weren't clear, Harry made a great batch of Molly. Slughorn did not try it. He was not interested. He's like, Professor, do you want to try my potion? And he just skadoodled out. Yeah, Slughorn every day after class with Harry is like, I got to beat feet before this guy tries to get into my pants. He's probably getting the most exercise he's ever gotten. His cardio. Ever. Just like shuffling it sounds out. like It sounds like he's a real fucking, I mean, Slughorn. Foghorn <laughs> Slughorn. I said, I said, I said, I, I have another class to get to. 
I gotta get I to said, love. I said, I said, no memories, boy. No memories, boy. <laughs> so they're all trying to strategize, like, what the fuck do I do? That didn't work. I'm, you know, it, we need to get this shit done. Hermione's trying to, like, come up with ideas. And Ron, Ron. actually. <laughs> by the way, Nicole, I just want you to let that sink Could, in. Ron, I couldn't. Shocked. I was shooketh. Ron had the Ron best idea. had the best idea. Yeah. Why don't you drink Felix Felices? Uh, I did but also like in, him In going, all honesty, go ahead. I don't think he would have thought of that if had Harry not tried it on him, but keep going. Well, that's, that was what's so funny to me. And you're like, I mean, you're so confident when you take it. It's Nothing can go wrong. And they're like, Ron, you didn't take it. And he's like, well, I thought I did. And that's the same thing. <laughs> Which it is honestly social commentary on the placebo effect and the fact that Pfizer's trying to poison all of us with these over with these never mind i'm not going to get in a rant about antidepressants um okay this was interesting to me so harry drinks the potion yes he's like and Let's i go. didn't realize that this is how the potion worked i didn't realize that he would drink the potion and be like aha me neither Aha, that was cool that you have like intuition about like what yeah. will be the right thing to do because he gets this idea of like you know what i really need to go to hagrid's i can just something's telling me that's the place to be and he's like I'm out of here. Yeah. And of course, Ron and, and Hermione are like, sl- no, that's not. Yeah. What are you doing? He runs into Slughorn. You're right. Sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Well, runs into Slughorn. And at that point, he's like, hey, I'm going to go bury Aragog. This giant and then, spider. And then Slughorn realizes that Aragog's venom is worth just a truckload of galleons. Like he's like, this, it's probably still good if he just died. Like he gets yeah, yeah, yeah. full dollar signs in his eyes. This greedy fuck. This is what I, I don't know how to feel about Slughorn. Is he a bad guy in this moment? I'm like, Ooh, he's a scumbag. But then in other moments I'm like, or is he just like an opportunist? Like, is he just a guy who like wants money and fame real bad? I think I guess that makes you a horrible person. Yeah, it does make you a horrible person, Nicole. Okay. To want money or fame. Well. (laughs) I think he's, you know, he's not the best guy, but I think this is a reflection of a human that, like, we, you know, everyone's multifaceted. Someone can have good intentions but still be, like, drawn to uh, sinful things. He's obviously a glutton. We've seen the way he drinks. Mm -hmm. He is greedy. He's, like, not, not getting a huge salary here. So... He's like, well, I could tag along. And Harry is now seeing like, oh, this is why this is my opportunity. Here. He's like, uh-huh. sure. I'm sure that would be great. Um, he, Hagrid's, Hagrid's thrilled that he has an audience for this funeral. Yeah. He's like so grateful Harry's there. But then Slughorn coming, he's like, wow, this is so nice of you. Like, you really didn't have to do this. And Slughorn's, of course, fucking leaning into it. Like, oh, I, I just, I, I revere these creatures. I, I had to come. And... You know, he sneaks vials of the venom, just like boop, boop, boop. And here's here's a fucked up part of this whole scene. Uh, Slughorn and uh, and Hagrid start boozing. Yeah, Slughorn bought, and bought a bunch like, of booze. The, by and the way, like, go. That by the way, he's like, I had a house elf taste all of them to make sure they're safe because of what happened <laughs> to your friend Ron. It's like, oh my god, you could have <laughs> killed a house elf. Expendable, um, Hermione doth protest. Yes, um, but I love that Harry's thought is I gotta stay sober for this one. He's not even seventeen, but he's being offered. It's just one of those things when like, why is drinking so normal in this world? In the UK, is that what you're asking? Have you been there? Have you ever been? I in a guess, small I guess. English town when there's a soccer match and there people are just barfing in the streets and they're like, man, Pepper Wait, United. I'm sorry. Have you seen that? No, but have you I've seen people barfing that. in the street yet? <laughs> I haven't been to Ireland yet, but I hear it's fabulous this time of year. Um, anyway, so, so here he's he like, pretends he's like to I'm going to stay sober so I can have the upper hand. I mean, that's his thought. But that's the Felix Felicis is like, don't yeah. drink. And he's like, oh, don't drink. Got it. Uh, also, that he thought that he needed the Felix Felices to be like, maybe don't get sloshed while you're trying to get this memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have any, my judgment would be completely impaired otherwise. Yeah, well, that, that it's like, yeah, he's clearly a teenager that someone had to tell him that, like a, a special yeah. potion. But they become trashed. Everyone's in a good mood. Hagrid passes out. 
And that's Harry when, slides in with the question. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, like, what's up with that memory? Come on. Uh, and Slughorn's on this whole, like, your eyes, they're like your mother's. And <sighs> How good were his mother's eyes? Apparently they were great because everyone remembers them so clearly. They must have been piercing. Like, I don't remember very many people's eyes. Um, <laughs> Unless they're piercing. Yes, and then they cut to my core. So Slughorn's so like, Harry's I don't Harry's know. Like, Dude, I need this so fucking bad. He's I like, need this, otherwise I can't fight Voldemort. Yeah, they have this whole connection about like, Voldemort killed my mother. And, you know, would, wouldn't you want to like do right by my mother? She was one of your favorite students. And so Slughorn finally gives in, but he says, he's like, please, you know, don't think too little of me when you see this memory. He's obviously like, and it's, I think what we suspected, or what I suspect, would have suspected is like, he's ashamed of... The fact that he just gave away some type of important information. Yeah. Um, and that's when we, uh, he, we're rolling to the next chapter. Slughorn drunkenly takes out the memory like we've seen uh, Snape and Dumbledore do. The little silver shit comes out of his head. He puts it in a vial for Harry. And the best part is, because of the Felix Felices, he is so drunk, he's not even going to remember doing this. So, oh. so it doesn't have to be weird at all. There's this isn't like a regular one night stand where you run into the person in the grocery store and you're like, oh, that's you. You came in my hair. No. No one has to know. All right. We roll into chapter how many times real quick. How many times have you had come in your hair that I'm aware of Two. I would say that's probably a very low bar, though. I mean, this hair. You think there's that? I mean, there could be something living in it now. Yeah. We were, I'll be honest, we recorded an episode a few weeks ago and I had a load in my hair. You did? Mm hmm. You had a load in your hair? Mm hmm. I was just sitting next to you, right at the comedy store, just, just a fucking, when I whooped up into the bun. Actually, my hair was down. I had my hair down with a load in it. All right, let's you, go on. You guys stay inside. <laughs> Don't let people so, load in your hair. That could be carrying something. So Harry runs back to the castle. Yeah. Oh, chapter uh, 23, Horcruxes. The oh, the chapter 23, Horcruxes. Yes. Um, so he gets back to the castle. The potion's wearing off. Um, he tries to get into the to the fat lady. And she's like, I changed the like, password. Just because she, what a bitch. <laughs> she, like, what the fuck is wrong with her? That she's, and by the way, she, she was lying. Yeah, she was lying because she was just mad he woke her up. She's like, you'll just have to sleep out here. And he's like, well, what am I going to do? And then nearly headless Nick is like, oh, Dumbledore's back. He mentions that. Because yeah. she's like, you'll have to take like, it up with the headmaster. And then he's like, I will. And the fat lady's like, I was just kidding. Like, oh, no, I'm going to be fired. Like, what is, she's like, it's the same. What is happens if a portrait gets fired from being a door hole? Do they just like I feel like put it on a different wall? Gets, or yeah, do you just it gets moved. You just get sold on eBay? Oh, what would it be for witches and wizards? Um, um, spell bay. Spell bay. Uh, I don't know. I wish I. I wish my brain could think of something better than that. But what? What? Akioverstock.com. Oh, that's funny. Like uh, Osio. Uh -huh. Akio. Is it Akio or Osio? Ah, that's our producer Sam coming in hot. Osioverstock.com. Aussie over here. It doesn't matter. The point is, you guys get it. Don't fuck around. Anywho, so and Harry love, takes off. Yeah, and I love that oh. the ghost had been like, oh, yeah, he was seen coming in. He looked like he was in a pretty good mood, but uh, a little tired. So something's going on with Dumbledore. Either something good happened, or is he like all the all-knowing Dumbledore, and he's like, I think, we've, I think we're getting the information we need. Still not sure, but. I mean, I put my money on the all-knowing Dumbledore. Yeah. So it's his whole vibe. He's just a know-it-all. He really is. Thank God. So this is where shit gets really fun. Um, Harry gets to his office and he's like, you know what? What's going on? Why are you here so late? And he tells him he got the memory. And obviously he's thrilled and there's no time to waste. By the way, I love that Dumbledore at no point is like, you shouldn't be roaming the hallways, Harry. He's just like, all right, cool. Let's do this. No. Harry never gets in trouble with Dumbledore ever. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you're the chosen one. That like, mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah. The chosen one gets a little bit of leeway. You guys, he was chosen. He's the only Jewish kid in school. Uh, I would love if Harry was a Jew. Harry Potterwitz. Our people would love to have him as one of our people. Oh, my God. Yeah. All that gold. Okay. Uh <laughs> Don't cancel I mean, me, other Jews. Who do you think? Who do you think was running the vault? 
I mean, somebody got mad about that somewhere. I know. I saw a person be like, how dare you? How dare she also make goblins run the bank? What are you inferring? It's like, no, you're the one that's inferring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By seeing goblins and thinking of Jews. Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the bad one. You anti-Semite. And again, it goes back to my theory that everyone's anti-Semitic. Anywho, uh, (laughs) so they they put it in memory into the pensive. Dive they in. Dive in like the huge. They're back at um, that scene that they saw before in the messed up memory. Slughorn's holding court over the same gathering of students. We see Voldemort. Um, you know, all the other students are revering. Or like, they're just revering. Revering. <laughs> Paul revering. Revere. Everyone, and they, they even notice it. Harry even notices there's some kids older, but they still seem to look like him. And the first thing I noticed different was when everyone was in there and, um, Slughorn talks about, oh, you're going to be so great. You're going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if you're in the ministry within 20 years, 15, if you keep bringing me these pineapple mm-hmm, mm-hmm. things, which if you remember the original memory, it just g- goes foggy. And he's like, you'll go wrong, boy. Mark my words. Which is like, that's what you did to cover it up. You just. Oh, I don't rem- I didn't remember that. Yeah. It was like, they were all, you know, laughing and stuff. And then uh, oh, apropos so of nothing. modified it. Apropos so now, of nothing, Slughorn's like, you'll go, as if he's like, I knew all along I would never have given him information. But, so everyone leaves. Uh, Voldemort's, dwind- you know, loitering around. And uh, Voldemort sticks, sticks around, and he's like, hey, what's a horcrux? Yeah, very innocent, though. Very, like, charming. I love I love how it's written that Harry notices. He's like, oh, I have, I know, I can see what it looks like when someone's trying to get information and pretend it's not a big deal because I've had to be that person. Um, and you know, he asks, he's like, Oh, it's just a thing I came across. I was just curious. Like, could you tell me what a Horcrux is? Um, and, um, a Horcrux is of course an object in which a person has concealed part of their soul. So that's what we learn. And Voldemort's very interested in this. He's like very curious about how it's made, but, but playing it very like, I I just figure like if anyone knew you would know, that's kind of crazy, right? Like, yeah. I feel like it's also this element of like flattery that Voldemort understands how to manipulate. Like, oh, you know, you're so all knowing and like knowing that that's one of, I feel like a weakness of Slughorns as he just loves acknowledgement and like, oh, I'm so smart. I know these things. Oh yeah. I mean, his need for people to love him and to be in the mix is such a weakness. Same as me. It's. I mean, in this instance, it's like, oh, that is how you manipulate the person just to go. I mean, you're so talented. And Mm -hmm. so I would love to know how to. I would love to know just this little simple thing. Because, I mean, it's really not so simple, but it's probably simple to you because you're so smart. So smart. So he's like, you know, how is one made? And Slughorn kind of explains it, that you have to split your soul uh, and you hide part of it in an object um, outside of your body, then even if your body's attacked and destroyed, you can't die because part of your soul is in this Horcrux. Uh, and Slughorn tells him, you know, like, sp- to split your soul, you have to do something very dark, very evil. Uh, you have to kill someone. Like, you ha- like that's how someone splits their soul. Um, and Voldemort is, like, getting real twinkly-eyed. Yeah, he's like, oh my god, you're telling me I get to do what I already do? I don't know if he was, oh, I I guess he had already killed people at that point. He's got the ring on. Yeah. Um, So he's like, I mean, arguably he's like, oh good, I already have uh, one ready to go in the bag. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in a horcrux right now. Yeah. He, I mean, he gets real weird. He starts asking like, but like, would be someone be even more powerful if like they split their soul into more parts? Like, I don't know, like. I mean, this was a moment where I was like, wow, Voldemort really is fucking brilliant. I mean, like, in an he's evil no way. No. Yeah, he's- in an evil way. He is, it's terrifying what a, what a strong, not strong, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for to think of that? You know, it's like if you're given the explanation of like, you just split your soul. And then he's like, but what if you do it again? I mean, yeah, that it's, he's just, I mean, it's a very intelligent leap of thought, but I think he's probably already even having that thought. Or I guess maybe that did just occur to him, but he goes like, I think he came into this knowing he was going to ask this question. And he goes, yeah. what if you split it into like seven pieces? Because apparently seven is the most powerful number 
uh, in the wizarding world, it carries a lot of magic connotation. Also my favorite number. That's your favorite number? It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite numbers. Seven, number. uh, seven and 11. Mainly because I love seven eleven. But yeah, <laughs> seven and eleven are my two favorite numbers. Um, I'm a f- I'm a five and seven. Um, also interesting, seven years of Hogwarts. Uh, so I wonder if that was intentional when they oh, set up the school. Oh, interesting. They're like, ah, oh, seven. It's the most powerful number. I don't know. Um, but Slughorn is really freaked out by it. Like he's like, yeah, didn't you just? But you'd have to kill more people. You wouldn't want to kill like more people. He's like, yeah, I guess, like, technically, but that's, this is all theoretical, then you're right? A, then you're a mass murderer. Yeah, you killed a whole mass of people at a very small Catholic church. Uh, yeah, so, it's like he gives them the information, but Slughorn's like, this is just, like, for education. This is, purposes, this is right? just, yeah, 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 you're just wondering. You're just pure curiosity. He's like, oh, it's of like, course. Dimly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So the memory. I is, feel like he already knew this, and he just needed confirmation. Yeah, I th- I think he definitely had speculation. He definitely, he definitely, uh, he was leaning toward the information already. Like, I don't think he came in completely deaf, like unknowing of of what a Horcrux was. But I think yeah. this was him going, "Okay, here's what I believe. Let me ask someone who might know. Yeah, if this makes sense." So they come out of it, and this is great because Dumbledore apparently had this theory all along. Mm-hmm. Of course he did. Of course he did. Dumbledore knows fucking everything. I don't even know why he needed this memory to know that. I mean, I think he just wanted. It's the same Proof? reason. What's well, the same reason Voldemort probably went to Slughorn? It's like, yeah, I know, but I want confirmation. It's like, I want to hear someone else say the thing that I'm assuming. And he got to go, okay, so at the very least, he is a, he knows what a Horcrux is. And he had the idea, like, what I'm thinking, he yeah. has thought too. So it adds well, up. Well, I mean, we find out that one of the Horcruxes was Tom Riddle's diary. Yeah. And we already know that that's been destroyed. So for me, I'm like, well, why, why wouldn't Dumbledore just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's... If he... If when he, the thing with Harry Potter, when he tried to make Harry and then it backfired and when, oh God, I'm losing this. When he ever, ever, Avada Kedavra, Harry, and then it came back at him and it almost destroyed him, but it didn't destroy him. It didn't, it didn't destroy him because there was a Horcrux of him that still existed. Well, he had several so, Horcruxes. Oh, no. No. Yeah, but, no. At but that point, you could have I gone on assumed... the assumption that he had more than one if he didn't die then. Well, actually, yeah, you could you know assume what? that's why he didn't die, but like, uh, because at this point, he probably had already made at least the diary Horcrux was probably. Yeah. Because we don't. So do you think he made more Horcruxes after the diary situation? Well, that's what, like, what Dumbledore's theory is, is that he has seven Horcruxes. Or his soul sit, split into seven parts. Because I think that was the argument of like, are, so there's seven yeah. objects. And he's like, no, it's split into seven parts, which means there's six objects. And then him, he's the seventh yeah. part. Uh-huh. Um, and they talk about like, Harry's like, does he know? Like, can he feel it when you yeah. destroy a Horcrux? And, the, and Dumbledore's theory is that no, because he's so split apart and so like dark and yeah. evil. He doesn't, he's not in, he's not doing his yoga. He's not in yeah. tune with his body. Not at all. Escaped. He does not listen to his body. He's not doing a 12-step program. He is not in touch with himself. No, and we find out uh, Dumbledore says the ring uh, was he's, is another one he destroyed. So he talks about, like, he confirms, like, that's what's up with his hand. Uh, if Snape hadn't been there uh, to give him the right potions and stuff right away, he probably would have died. And so, there, and so they, you know, Harry does the basic math, and he's like, all right, so there's that means there's four Horcruxes that we have to destroy before we can destroy Voldemort. And then they start speculating, like, what could the Horcruxes be? Uh, and I don't know if you jumped to this conclusion before the thing said it. But yes, I did. I, this, I was immediately like, oh, all of those important objects. The, ha- the Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff cuff, Slytherin locket, um, and- uh, whatever the Gryffindor or Ravenclaw objects are. Um, but I did not suspect Nagini. When he brought up Nagini, I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. So you assumed... Because we saw the Hufflepuff and and the locket, you assumed yeah. what Dumbledore yeah. said I is like he probably wanted things of like stature, so he probably would have tried yes. to get a Ravenclaw yes. or Gryffindor. Because we know he likes trophies, mm-hmm. and that makes sense that he would put himself inside um, 
important objects. He wouldn't just put himself in something mundane. Yeah, and it's also who's going to destroy something not knowing it's a horcrux. No one's going to get rid of, you know, these artifacts of, Mm -hmm. you know, Hogwarts house founders. Um, The Nagini the snake thing, I think, comes as a a surprise. Um, But even, like, Dumbledore says he's like, it's a Gryffindor or Ravenclaw thing, but, like, really the only Gryffindor thing is that sword. So we know that that's out. Yeah. Um, and this is, so I don't know. We're kind of doing the initial digging at least. This is, we find out this yeah. is why Dumbledore hasn't been around. He's been out looking for these Horcruxes. That I, so, I, I mean, I just don't totally believe that. I feel like Dumbledore is up to something else. Maybe. I don't know what, but like, that's it. Dumbledore was just going out looking for Horcruxes. May I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. And uh, I mean, it seems like they're kind of difficult to find. So maybe. And then Harry goes like, you know, next time you go looking for one to destroy one, I would like to be a part of that. And Dumbledore yeah. doesn't even hesitate. He's like, absolutely. I think that's totally fair. Uh, yeah. yeah. And which I think surprised Harry. But it's like at this point, it's like, yeah, no, like you probably have to be part of destroying them because 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 Voldemort made him who he is by just believing that prophecy. I'm sure there's something to like him needing to be, you know, and it's also like if the prophecy is true about one of them has to live and the other one dies, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you, you can't come and try to help get closer to killing the guy. Yeah. that either has to die or you have to die. That'd the, be- the scary thing for me was when he was like this, it's going to take, it will take an uncommon skill and power to kill a wizard like Voldemort. Yeah, that he's like, even if we destroy parts of his soul, he still has his magic and his brain, and he's still an extremely he's a he's a talented guy. He's very powerful. Terrifying. That was terrifying to me. Because all this time I'm thinking Harry has it. Harry's gonna. This is gonna be an easy kill for Harry because he's Harry. But even Harry. Harry's like, I don't have that. I'm not uncommon. Like Harry's like thinking about his classes and he's like, I'm not, I don't exceed expectations in yeah. anything except defense against the dark arts, literally his OWL grade. Um, and then Dumbledore is like, yes, but you have the capacity to love, which Harry tries to be like, yeah, I get it. Love. But Dumb- yeah, love. Dumbledore mm-hmm. like really leans into it and, and talks to him about why love is so powerful and how regardless of if there had been this prophecy, everything that has happened to Harry because he loves things would have still driven him to want to, you know, kill Dumbledore. I mean, to, Jesus, I just pulled a Nicole. Oh, 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 I'm slipping. You are slipping. Shouldn't have cried in the first and portion I'm the of the one, show. And I'm the one with COVID brain. <laughs> now you just have my usual brain, which doesn't work. Uh, so anyways, yeah, Dumbledore basically tells him, like, the prophecy of the Chosen One is only the prophecy because Dumbledore gave it power, which I think this is a nice life lesson for all of us, is that, like, you don't have to give yeah. power to every thought that crosses your mind. Yeah, Dumbledore you did give power to every thought and every word. Because, 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 Jesus, I did it again. Because Voldemort went after Harry after hearing the prophecy, he created Harry by killing Harry's mom, by killing Harry's family. He made Harry hate him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And he, uh, Dumbledore emphasizes that, you know, like, you don't have to believe the prophecy. Even if you didn't, you would still want to defeat him. Like, that's, and Harry yeah. realizes that. He's like, prophecy uh-huh. aside, like, you've, you killed my mother. You took Sirius Black away from me. You've made all of this trouble for me. I would, yeah. Um, and I thought this analogy was great. Before we go to break really quick. Sorry, I'm rambling all over you, Nicole. Jump in at any point. It's okay. But it's okay. I it's like okay. that Harry realizes after this conversation that, his journey to killing Voldemort is a choice. That, that analogy that like you can either be dragged into the arena mm-hmm. or you can or walk go in confidently in it. And like how some people would argue there's not a difference. There's a giant monster in there that's going to kill you. But mm-hmm. him having that revelation is like, oh, that's a huge difference. Me going, I am choosing to actively engage in this quest. Gives, yeah, yeah. It gives you so much more power than you being the like. The energy ah. of choice is it's like you're empowering yourself. It's you're not you're not the victim of a circumstance. You're walking into something willingly and it's it's going to be hard no matter what. But you, as long as you've made that choice, that gives you power. Absolutely. And speak. That's why men want to take away our choice to do what we want with our body. No. Um, God, Don't the guys to donate the, to Planned Parenthood. Uh, 
If you want to come in We're somebody, give money to Planned Parenthood. Give money to I'm Planned Parenthood. men in co- Congress. Okay. Okay. Our uh, male homosexual producer is making us wrap up on this because vaginas gross him out. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but we'll be right back. All right. We're back. Chapter 24. Sectum Semper. When I saw the name of this chapter, I was like, which we already know. We've seen that in the column of his book, Sectum Sempra, Four Enemies. That's all we knew. But what were you thinking really quick? What were you thinking when you saw this title? I, I fully forgot that that was the thing. I was like, Sectum Sempra. Oh, you were just making noises. Uh-huh. You're like, some. Yeah, I was like, that's just some of the words. Very nonsensical. We know this. Wizarding gobbledygook. Um, okay, so. But the, the opening of this is. Mwah. Very thrilling news to me. Mwah. Ron and Lavender break up. Finally. And so do Ginny and Dean. Ron was a coward. Lavender finally pulled the plug. But Ginny and Dean, finally over. They've been... Katie gets back to Hogwarts. Doesn't remember Complete. a thing. And everybody's like, are, what, are you sure? Like, what happened? She's like, I don't fucking know. She's like, I remember going into the bathroom, and then now I'm here. That's like, it. I woke up in St. Mungo's. Um, final Quidditch match of the year. Everyone's getting excited, because there's still a shot. They still have a shot that they can win the cup. It's not a guarantee that there's time. Harry's continually, continuing to obsess over the Marauders map, looking for Malfoy. Uh, like, is he? And he sees, yeah, Malfoy it, in a bathroom with Moaning Myrtle. Yeah. So obviously he's like, oh my god. I this confirmed snoop. my theory earlier because I thought it would be him in the bathroom, crying like a bitch. You did say that, like in the last bitch. episode. You're like, mm-hmm. I bet it's yep, yep, Malfoy. Yep. Speaking of, to circle back when we talked earlier about rich people crying, here we are. Uh, here we are. So he's like, poor, well, poor rich boy who lost his daddy to the dark side. Yeah. Uh, Harry goes, tries to snoop in. He's overhearing them. Malfoy is sobbing, and he's like. I, he's, he says like weird shit. He's like, I, he told me I had to do it. And if he doesn't, I'm running out of time and it's not working and he's going to kill me. And I like, and I can't, I could not decide if he was being manipulative or not. I can't figure out if he's manipulating Myrtle, manipulating Myrtle or like, or like Mm. maybe he, she caught him doing something earlier. I don't know. And then he was just like, and like, is like making up this whole lie to her. So she doesn't say anything, but he's continuing to go in there and cry, but maybe it's a big lie that he has to like, yeah, keep covering. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Harry, he, you know, he sees Harry in the mirror. There's a lot of back and forth jinx. And then Harry remembers the spell that he read in the half blood prince for enemies. And he goes, sectum sempra. But b- before we get into this, this was right m- s- milliseconds after Malfoy had tried to do the Cruciatus curse on him. So, yeah, lest we think Malfoy is an innocent party here, he tried an unforgivable curse, didn't work, and then Sectum Sempra, holy shit, it covers him in slashes, like he's bleeding everywhere. Oh, I lived for this. It's like Ugh. ripped him apart. It was so good. Oh, you that little fuck boy. There's blood everywhere. Myrtle is screaming. Screaming. I'm. I, you know what? I prefer Myrtle screaming instead of crying. Honestly, it's a nice change of pace for Myrtle. A little mix up. That's true. But it's just going to cause more crying in the long run because it's residual trauma uh, of her possible lover boy. We mm-hmm. don't know what uh-huh. she thinks of Malfoy at this point. Just that she. Feels I think she just likes. I think she just likes bad boys. You know, she sees Harry as a bad boy. She sees. This Malfoy guy crying is like a, as a bad boy. Well, but you know, it's like he's in bed with the devil. I mean, that's true. Does she know that, though? We Does don't she know. know who this person is. We who don't knows? know. We don't know who he really is. Like, we know who he pretends to be. How deep in bed is he with, quote, the devil? Yeah. How much is him just trying to seem cool? It's still a little unclear. Of course, as luck would have it, the fucking Snape. first person to show up is Every Snape. fucking time. Snape shows up and he's like, uh, Harry, you stay here. I'm taking Malfoy to the infirmary. Takes him to the infirmary. Comes back. We learn Harry has used a little bit of dark magic. The sector. I think that was very obvious. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. slashing somebody, not light, light magic. But Snape's like, how did you learn a spell like that? And Harry's like, oh, I read it in a book somewhere. I don't remember. It was in the library. And he's like, bring me all your school books. So I don't know if he's thinking. Shit gonna hit the fan. Maybe he, maybe this library book is in Harry's bag and there's no time for him to get rid of it. Maybe he has uh, notes written in a, 
who knows? But he's like, I want to see all your school books. <sighs> Which, as we know. He, he swaps books. Very, very smart. Swaps books with, with Ron. With Ron. And he brings that book to Snape. And Snape's like, this isn't your book. I don't believe this. Yeah, he's like, this is your book. Which is, like, weird. I don't know why he wouldn't think it was his book. I don't know. Well, because you, there's also... Uh, I mean, it alludes to occlumency in the book. Yeah. Harry's like, oh, no, he's going to try to read my brain, oh. but I can't shut it off. Oh, no. And he's like, immediately, of course, the first thing he thinks of is that book. And that's when Snape goes, bring me your books. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he probably just got Maybe. Harry's brain. Yeah. Um, and Snape's like, well, fuck you, detention every Saturday, which means no Quidditch for Harry. He can't make nope. the final, final match, which sucks. Obviously, no one's happy about that. Ginny has to replace him as Seeker. Dean will be covering for Ginny, which means, like, he's like, no, they're going to fucking get back together. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so. Goes to detention. Goes to detention. He's in there. It sucks. He can't, he can't tell what's happening. He can't tell if they're winning or losing during the quit. And by the game. way, just to, to reiterate how serious of a spell this was of Malfoy, we all know that McGonagall is diehard Quidditch. Like, she got him on the team. She's pulled some favors for him. Even McGonagall was like, yeah, no, you deserve the punishment you got. You're lucky yeah. that he didn't expel you. And also, uh, Harry, by the way, it's in, in some point in the course, course of this, finally got the room of requirements to open because he hid his book. He's like, I need somewhere to hide my book. Oh. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. And, and he hid the book in there. Yeah, he finds, by the way, some, like, theat- like theater-sized room where... <laughs> People have hidden things over the years, which to me is so funny. I can't remember. Um, uh, did Harry? Oh, fuck. What was I just going to ask? Fuck. Forget it. I can't remember. There was something I wanted to ask you if Harry. Uh, oh, did Harry at any point say to Snape or McGonagall that Malfoy tried using an unforgivable. I don't curse. think he did. I th- he told his friends that he it, like from what I when I read, uh, it sounds like he told Ron and Hermione. Yeah, uh, because Jenny gets a fucking attitude with Hermione because Hermione's like, "We well, shouldn't have been reading that book." And Jenny's like, "He tried to do the Cruciatus curse on him." Hermione, lay off. Yeah, like, and that to me is like, why didn't why didn't Harry say something about that? I think he was in shock. I think he was like, "Oh, I thought this would be like the leg." thingy where he goes up in the air i didn't think it would be that bad uh yeah and it's interesting this room there's a room full of crazy things other books that people have tried to put put away like weird cursed things like frisbees with fangs and shit that the vanishing Uh cabinet they put the one guy in that fucking year and he just got lost um and in detention Snape has him sorting through all of the files of people getting in trouble. And it's all like of the ones of like Sirius and his dad. Like, oh, they did a spell on this person. They fucking did that. They did this. Um, Just to be like, no, you can see like what a great guy your dad was. Remember that? Yeah. Anyway. That for me, that for me is, I think the whole, the whole root of every single issue Snape has with Harry is Snape's just a, he got bullied and he can't let so it go. bad and he can't let it go. And it's just like, bro, why didn't you become a stand-up comedian? Yeah. You know, do something like with, that with anger. getting bullied that much. Yeah. You belong at the comedy store. Yeah. You absolutely belong at the comedy store drinking too much with red van and the crew in that back bar and in then the like back bar. going way too far with a weird, like murder rape joke. And people are like, why does he do those jokes? Yeah. <laughs> it's too I mean, much. that that's your wheelhouse. Um, and then the chapter ends with Gryffindor one. So Harry didn't know you he, he couldn't hear a thing in the dungeon. He gets back to the Gryffindor common room. He's trying to hear like, are they celebrating? Cause usually they're either celebrating or commiserating. Can't hear a fucking thing. Does the password door flies open. Woo. Gryffindor. They won. won. They won 400 to something. They won by the amount of points they needed. The Quidditch cup is there. Ginny comes running over. And then in front of fucking everyone, Ginny and Ron kiss. What? And everybody Do starts. Do you hear I mean, yourself? Ginny- <laughs> what is your hang up with this incest? You fucking creep. It's not what? happening. It doesn't work. They're not going to. sorry. This isn't the 
your ah! your category on you porn. Listen, this is a I'm an novel. old woman. I fuck up names. It's my thing. Harry kisses Ginny and they're locked for what seems fuck. like a beautiful eternity. You pervert. Keep your weird redheaded sibling porn oh, out of they kiss, here. But they kiss and everybody's like <gasps> wolf whistling. It's, they're like oh, going shit. fucking bananas. They're like, oh, damn. Oh, but the D- best. Dean Thomas. A glass breaks in his I mean, she, like, hand. She breaks a glass in his hand. But the best part, the best part, is Harry's like scanning the room and he locks eyes with Ron. And Ron's just kind of like, well, got to do what you got to do, bro. Just kind of like, go for it. In the and most like, clutch moment yes, where he yes. could have been a dick. I think there's and also. That is the only moment so far in this whole fucking book that I have just fallen in love with Ron. Even when he came up with the Felix Felices, you are Still insufferable. Is, this was his best moment. Oh, this right. was his numero uno moment. Oh, for God's sake. I mean, it's a good moment. Listen, you guys, we got to get out of here. Uh, we will be back with more. You're going to get the next three chapters on Saturday. Find us on Patreon. Find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash two filthy nerds. You will have missed it by the time this chapter comes out, but we're about to do a live reading of chapter 25 through 26, 7, 27. And that's the thing we do. We, we do movie watches. We do live reads. And you can be in the chat while we're recording live if you join our Patreon and you get entered for cool uh, grand prize giveaways and other cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Patrons will be the only ones voting on what our next series will be. Uh, so get over there and thank you to everyone following us on social media at Two Filthy Nerds. If you're not already, do that and please stop what you're doing and go leave a rating and a review and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. Bye. This has been a Two Filthy Nerds production. <laughs>